Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Well, folks, welcome to the free Savage Nation podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you, but for those of you who have been requesting that we provide for you an ad-free podcast. We're going to keep doing that. And in addition to getting the ad-free podcast, which many of you want, for less than the price of a beer in a bar a month, only three ninety nine a month, you're going to get an occasional monologue from me. Maybe I'll read from one of my novels. You're going to get an archive piece going back to 1994. Whatever comes up, you're going to get on an occasional basis. Details will be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com. I'm going to give you a link right now. And if you want to join, all you got to do is go to glow.fm slash savage premium. Glow.fm slash savage premium. Glow.fm slash savage premium. If you click on it, you're going to see a cartoon of me. Join Savage's exclusive club with the rate and you just click and you join you're going to love it i appreciate it very much i hope you join the savage exclusive club i want to thank you very much for supporting the savage nation podcast either the free version or the paid version your patronage it's appreciated it's that simple thank you so much for listening July 4th weekend and I'm just back from a car meet it um, before COVID it was every the first Saturday of every month guys would show up with their cars some were expensive some were just uh, interesting kind of muscle cars all the way up to Aston Martin's new Ferraris I've been crazy about cars ever since I built my first scooter out of an orange crate a two by four and uh, a roller skate that's right back in the Bronx when I was a little boy we were poor, and uh, I wanted a scooter. My father taught me how to build one. It was real simple. Take a roller skate, take it apart, front part of skate, back part of skate, uh, screw them on and nail them onto a two-by-four, then take an orange crate and attach the orange crate <laughs> to the front of the two-by-four. Now all you need is a steering wheel, so you put two sticks on it, right and the left, and the brake is your shoe, and we shoot down the hills. Ever since then, I've been kind of nuts about cars. I mean, there was a phase that I went through, oh, cars are BS, you know, they are ruining the planet. That was a long time ago till I realized you can say all you want, but everybody drives a car or is in someone else's car or is in someone's conveyance of one kind or another. So let me start with today. I bought a new Corvette. I got it a week ago. It's a C8 car convertible and it's probably the most advanced technology of a car I have ever seen in my life in fact 
a guy I know who rebuilds the most expensive cars in the world said to me, I just was in touch with him, I haven't seen him, he says, congratulations on your car, the new Corvettes are amazing pieces of technology, especially when one thinks of the time frame from the 1953 introduction to now. A short leap from then to now in the grand scheme of time, yet a huge movement in technology. And he's rebuilding cars. He's rebuilding real Cobras, uh, the AC Bristol, Cunningham C3, unbelievable cars, great guy, wonderful man. And he restores the top of the line cars. So let me go back to all my cars because it's July 4th weekend. I don't know when you're listening to this. Maybe you're listening to this a year from now, but it doesn't matter. So we'll take you back in time with a little sound and I'll try to remember all the cars in my life and we'll see where we go. Uh, let's see. Let's begin with the first car my dad bought. Me. My rough, tough, old world dad. I don't, I don't know how old I was. 15? No, 17? 17. So it was a rainy day, rainy evening. Dusk, dusk. Queens, New York. Attached house. 7310 Utopia Parkway on a busy kind of turnpike parkway attached house and he says Michael you know blah 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 and we go out and it was around 7 o'clock at night now because it was dark and it was a light rain and I remember sitting in the car with my father who bought it for me and it was a it was a two door businessman's Oldsmobile it must have been a 59 Olds I don't know what year this was it was the least expensive of all the Oldsmobiles but the Oldsmobile was a hot car. I didn't want a two-door salesman's car. I wanted the two-door hardtop, but I took what I could get. It had the regular, you know, fast V8 engine. I remember sitting in that car with my father and watching the raindrops form on the windshield and just watch the raindrops form on the windshield. I don't even know what I was thinking other than this is beautiful. Fast forward, car memories. Cars I've owned and cars I've been in wrecks in. So I'll talk about when I was in a wreck-in. Later on in my teen years, I bought a Chrysler New Yorker. I wanted the 300. Who could afford that with the big Hemi engine? So I got the family car, the Chrysler New Yorker. It happened to have a huge Hemi engine in it. It was a fast monster of a four-door car, and I raced all over the city with it. One day, some guy side-blinded me, just smashed into the door, wrecked, ripped the car to shreds. <laughs> But the car was so big, made of such heavy steel. Luckily, I wasn't hurt. I had a towed home in front of that house. I have so many memories looking out of that little window at the, the cars going by. So my car sat in front of the house on Utopia Parkway for a while. And I realized it was beyond repair. So one word led to the other. I knew mechanics and this and that. And a guy wants to buy the car for the engine. He was some hell's angel from Brooklyn or the Bronx. I don't know. Really rough, tough guy. Nice enough guy because he was doing business, wanted to buy the car for the engine. I, I must have sold it to him for 50 bucks. I have no recollection. Luckily, I wasn't uh, wrecked. I'll talk about another car wreck just for the hell of it before I talk about the pleasure stuff. I don't know the summer. Again, must have been the summer of 59, summer of 60, South Fallsburg, New York. There was this kid, Larry, whose father owned the hotel. And I can't mention the hotel. They probably one of them is probably still alive. His father was a tough guy, a genuinely tough street fighter type, an ex-boxer. 
which was unusual for a Jewish family at the time, but he was a rough guy. If he didn't like someone working in his hotel, opened up their mouth to him, he'd punch them out and throw them off the property. That's the kind of guy. He ran it like a, like a, I don't know, like a concentration camp. He was a mean bastard. So his son Larry and I became friends. Larry was a bit of a schmendrick. I can't explain it. There was something off with him, but I liked him. He was a nice guy. So Larry had a crazy part of him, and I don't mean just wild. I mean crazy. So here's what happens. We're driving on one of the winding roads coming down a mountain somewhere in the South Fallsburg area, a winding road, and to the left is a huge canyon. I don't mean the Grand Canyon, but a huge canyon, and to the right is a sheer wall a sheer wall that had dynamited out to build this mountain road. And remember, another lane and then a drop-off, maybe 100 feet, 200 feet. So Larry's speeding in this car, coming up to this downturn, coming down the mountain, and I see his eyes go crazy. And he has his hands on the wheel, and he floors the car. And I said, Larry, you're going to kill us. And I see his eyes were glazed over, and he's looking straight ahead, and he's like, crazy. And I see the car is out of control. Well, it was out of control, and he froze. He froze at the wheel. I reached over with my left hand and grabbed the wheel and pulled it to the right and kicked his foot off the accelerator, and he was frozen on the wheel. He didn't even know what had happened. I said, Larry, you almost killed us. Now, listen to this. Luckily, I pushed the car by pulling the wheel to the right and kicking his foot off it. It only grazed against the sheer wall and came to a stop, okay? It could have banged into it and flipped over, but it didn't. So... Later on, we get back to the hotel. That night, listen to this. The father, the tough father, tells the story about his son, Larry. He says, hey, did you hear what happened today? My son, Larry, was in the car, and Michael was driving, and he was out of control. And luckily, Larry grabbed the wheel and saved the car. I said, oh, my God, this is, this is, some, I, this is a true story, how people will twist the truth. Okay? Is there anything new under the sun? Well, those are some of the wreck stories. I don't really have any others, thank God. There are a few others. I wrote about one of them. Highway 17, South Fallsburg, probably around the same time. In a 56 Plymouth with my uncle, who I love very dearly. And our whole family was in the car coming back from a ride somewhere. All of a sudden, we're on the road and we look to the right. It must have been a fresh accident. There's a car overturned. People laying all over the highway. Some in the ditches. Blood on the road. And smoke coming out of the other car, and it had just been creamed, flipped over, and people were dying on the side of the road. Just car memories, right? So now let's come up to the cars of my life. So many, and I don't know that they're in, in the right order. I've always been a Jaguar lover. I've always liked the brand. I guess poor guys always wanted a Jaguar. They thought it made them kind of aristocratic. And I always wanted a Jaguar, particularly in the late 50s. They were phenomenal cars. They were sort of the supercars of their time, I would say, on the poor man's side. But you didn't, uh, don't underestimate them. They were phenomenal cars. They won at Le Mans in the 40s, in the 50s, sorry. So the first Jag I recall buying was a, um, I think it was a 59 Jaguar XK150 drophead coupe, maroon, black leather. I still have pictures of it. And uh, I bought it used, of course. You know, what year was this? 65, maybe. So it wasn't that expensive. And I thought I was some English nobility driving around in that car. I got a pipe. I used to smoke English ovals. God knows what else I did in that car. And uh, the ending of that car is typical of a Jaguar of the time. 
I went into Manhattan. We used to speed around in that car in Central Park. And I uh, parked it in the street, hung out all night at some friend's uh, apartment. I come out in the morning, and I couldn't even get the car out of first gear. It was locked in first gear in a no-parking zone, and dawn is rising. And they're going to tow that thing away, right? I had to get the car towed all the way back to Queens. I got so pissed off at the Jaguars. You know what I did? I had it towed right to the uh, to a dealer on Queens Boulevard, a real Ghana thief crook, a Mr. W. He dressed like a uh, Jewish professor, but he was a car thief, a crook, a bum, a mook. And I said, uh, Mr. Uh, Wolf, I'd like to sell you this car. Well, he knows. I'm just a kid. I sold it to him for about 100 bucks. Who the hell knows what he got for it? He probably fixed it up and made a profit. That's the business he was in. Well, years went on. I'm now living in, uh, in the San Francisco area. I was living in Fairfax, California. And again, and I had a little extra money working my ass off, going to grad school, trying to make a living, raising children, married. I bought a uh, XK140 drophead coupe in Costwall Blue. That car was so beautiful. XK140 drophead coupe, Costwall Blue, loved it. Then I bought a, um, actually back in New York, I also bought a Mark 9, I remember now. My wife and I actually drove that Mark 9 to Canada. All the way to Canada and all the way back. That was another one. Then I got the XK140. Then I got a Mark 10 in California. Huge boat, beautiful car, space, pace, and grace. So if there's anything else that is notable, I will tell you about it. So far, nothing's really interesting, but I'm just reflecting on Savage cars, the cars in Savage, all the cars I've owned from a scooter I built out of wood all the way to the new Corvette convertible that I bought a week ago. So another car comes to mind. And uh, this car is one of the most phenomenal cars ever built. It's a 2006 Midnight Blue Mercedes S600. 2006 Midnight Blue S600. I'm in the radio career business. I'm at the top of my career. I'm national. The show is booming. So I get this car. It was a V12. And I, f- I mean, you can fall in love with cars. This thing, to this day, is one of the fastest sedans on the road. It will do 0 to 60 in 4.5 seconds. Now, think about the size of that car. It's not worth more than ten dollars or $15,000. It's like brand new. I keep it in a garage somewhere. I don't want to ever sell this car. I just love the thing. It was so advanced, so ahead of its time. You got to hand it to the German engineers. So that was a great car, a 2006 Mercedes S600. And I gave it a name. I, I give all of my cars a name currently. And that car is called Wilhelm. In fact, I wrote about Wilhelm in my first published commercial novel called Abuse of Power. And Jack Hatfield, who is the protagonist, drives an S600 whose name happens to be Wilhelm. So for those of you who bought my novel, Abuse of Power, Wilhelm is actually a real car. And he is living in a garage in Los Angeles. Currently, I have, as I said, a new Corvette convertible. I never owned a Corvette in my life. Did I always want one? I don't know. When I was younger, as I said, I was into the, you know, the sophisticated cars like Jaguars. But all of the muscle kind of kids drove the vets if they could afford them or the, you know, the, uh, the muscle cars. So I kind of wanted a Corvette. People said, no, no, that's for meatheads. You don't want a Corvette. I always wanted one. 
And they were terrible riding cars. They were bumpy. Everyone knew they were fast, but they didn't corner well. Well, this new one is not only super fast, 0 to 60 in 2.8 seconds, I think. I don't know. I've never been there because it only got 150 miles on it. But it also is a race car. It's got, you know, several modes, including touring, sport, and track. You can set any one of those settings. So, I mean, there's so many things I could tell you about it. And I think you could look it up on your own. The fact of the matter is the new vet, I think it's a C8 model. I'm not 100% sure what they call it, is probably one of the most advanced cars in the world right now i call it a poor man's hold it new corvette i'm going to pump it into google they know everything here new corvette 2021 it's a stingray mid-engine sports car retractable hardtop that that's what i have and i paid more over sticker than a toyota costs to get the car what they did was is they copied a ferrari or a lamborghini i call it a poor man's lamborghini but i never wanted a lamborghini i really didn't want to go talk to guido to get a part out of uh, Turin. This is a Chevy, and they really knocked it out of the park. The car's worth, I would guess these cars cost twice as much to build as they're selling them for. That's what it comes down to. 498 horsepower, 470 feet of torque, 0 to 60 in 2.9 seconds, top track speed 194 miles an hour. I'll never get there. It's an LT2 V8 engine. Actually, it's an LT3 model that I have. And uh, the engine is not visible through the rear hatch window on the uh, convertible because the convertible top covers it. It's a head turner. And I went to this event today and I'm talking about there were some really expensive Ferraris, Aston Martins there. There was a GT Aston Martin must have cost a million dollars. Everyone looked at my car because it's a marvel. It's a it's a legacy and a marvel. And it's a beautiful car to own. And I decided, why am I buying this car now at this stage of my life? You know, my answer is. Oh, I don't want to get maudlin because after many a summer dies the swan. And so what I'm saying to you is, how many summers do we all have left? I can get into the bigger picture of America. How many summers do we have left in this country? I don't have an answer to that, but I figured gather ye rosebuds while ye may. Now, there are other cars that I've owned that I have that will sound like I'm boasting and I don't want to just talk about cars and make you think I'm trying to boast because I'm not. I can boast about some other things. But the most important thing for you to know is I'm trying to have fun this weekend, the July 4th weekend. So I'm basically just wrapping on Savage Cars, Cars and Savage, all the cars I've owned and remember, including Car Rex. And I'll be right back, right here on the Savage Podcast. Savage, a host like no other. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It's July 4th weekend. In fact, today is July 4th, and I've just come back from another car meet up. This is a totally different group. This is more of a muscle car, meathead kind of group. I'm talking three, 400 cars, packed, unbelievable. 
there was one Lambo in the crowd, but it was mainly it was mainly hot rods and muscle cars. I really didn't fit in, but I figured they'd love the vet because everybody wants to, to see this car. And luckily, a few people knew me who were very conservative politically. So I was surrounded by three large men and a, a woman <laughs> who were friendly. And they liked my Z51 Corvette. The Stingray, rear axle uh, performance ratio, which is uh, a Z51 performance ratio, a Z51 rear spoiler, electronic limited slip differential, Z51 performance suspension, Z51 brakes, performance exhaust, a heavy-duty cooling system. It has a front-lift adjustable height memory so you don't crash the car when you're going in and out of a, a riser. And it has a 19-inch front and 20-inch rear carbon flash-painted aluminum wheels with machined edges. And uh, it's a great car. Everyone was interested in how it worked, and I had a lot of fun being there. But on my way back, I started thinking about today's podcast, and the fact is I'm calling it Savage Cars, a car that Savage's own, beginning with the first vehicle I ever built, which was a, a scooter made of wood of a two-by-four with roller skates in part one. I want to go back to my Cadillacs. Many of you remember my red 65 Cadillac DeVille convertible. car was on stage with me at the Concord Pavilion. I love that car. I bought it in 1994 when I began in radio. I bought it new. I, sorry, used. That was a used one. It was primo. Loved that car. Uh, my son used it in a July 4th parade when he was running for office as an assemblyman. I sold it a number of years back. It's still running somewhere, I think, in, in the north, in the Midwest somewhere. Great car. Love that car. Enormously red caddy, 65. It symbolized when the chrome was thick and the women were straight to me. Now, again, Cadillacs. My dad's dream, he was poor, was to own a Cadillac, and he always bought used Cadillacs if he could afford them. So I, in 1978, when I just finally got my Ph.D. degree, bought myself a new Cadillac, a 78 DeVille. I had two young children. It was really a fabulous car. And I remember driving up to Lake Tahoe, the Lake Tahoe area in it and getting off at Soda Springs, for those of you know, the Highway 80 uh, run. And there's a road behind the Soda Springs exit. You go off in a few miles and it comes to an abrupt end near Ice Lake, which was called Serene Lakes. Well, there's a road that goes down to an old hot springs area off that road that's made for a four-wheel drive off-road vehicle only. But I thought that this Cadillac could do anything. So here I have two young children, my wife and a friend of mine, and like an idiot, I go down this broken, juddy, potholy road. Luckily, it was summertime, all the way down to where there was supposedly some soda springs. Well, there were no soda springs there, and then I said, wait a minute, how the hell am I going to get back up? And you know, through sheer willpower and force of mind, I swear to God, that car should still be down there 30 years later rusting as a relic and we should have been rescued by the chp the car made it back to the top of that hill and i don't know how to this day why am i telling you the story because i think there's such a thing as the power of mind even over machines and now let's go back in time to other cars that i've owned and going back to the old days of the jaguar the xk 150 drophead coupe maroon it was in 63 i remember i found the picture of it now Jaguar 1959, New York State, October 1963. At that time, I knew a sort of crooked car guy in Manhattan. I don't know how I met him. An older man. 
And he had all these exotic cars in this huge garage-like warehouse in Manhattan. And I don't know if he owned them or not. I'm looking back. I think he probably stored them for rich people. And this guy would rent them out by the day to people like me. And there were probably other people's cars because he rented them at pretty low rates. So I rented, you're not going to believe this. You all heard of an AC Cobra, right? He rented to me, here's a picture, March 64 at AC Bristol. Now, the AC Bristol was the body on which, in which the Cobra was built, as you know, you car nuts. A Ford engine was dropped into this very light, remarkable machine, the, uh, the AC Bristol. So here it is, March 64 off the Turnpike, Jersey Turnpike, and I used to race the car up and down the highways. I loved that car. It was so light. Here's a picture of me with a racing stripe on the Bristol with my friend Mel since dead, sitting on his Morgan Plus 4 with gloves. I love Mel. Mel died a long time ago. Mel married the daughter of a very famous middleweight champion who I will not mention. I was at their wedding. And it was, uh, the, the man was Italian, the boxer, very famous, world famous. How Mel scored his daughter, I'll never understand. He was a good looking kid, rugged looking boy. I guess he looked like the father when he was young. So anyway, I'm in the office, the rabbi's chambers with Mel, the boxer, and the, uh, the boxer's daughter marrying Mel and the rabbi. And I was, I guess, the best man or whatever you would call it. So the guy is uh, doing the, the ceremony, and I was so impressed to be in a room. This guy, remember, was a hero of mine. My father and I watched fights when I was a kid, and this guy was the world-famous champion. So here I'm sitting in a room with a rabbi, no less, and the guy's not Jewish. I didn't know what to make of the whole scene, but I'll never forget what he said, this great boxer. When he was asked to put his hand or his daughter to put her hand on the Bible, this great old boxer, he was not old at the time, said, yes, he said, that is the book of the Rock of Ages. I'll never forget it. He said, yes, my daughter is putting her hand on the Rock of Ages. That stuck with me, right? Just an amazing, amazing little story, you know. The car brought that back. And, of course, he's dead, Mel. They got divorced years later. I lost touch when I left uh, New York years later. Don't know what happened to any of them. But I heard he died a number of years ago. You know, the way of all flesh after many a summer dies the swan. So we covered the Bristol. We covered the uh, Morgan Plus 2, which Mel had. Now, I rented one from that crooked uh, car dealer in, in Manhattan. And I'll never forget this story. It's a beautiful story of me in a car, man and his machine. Winter, New York, snow on the ground in Central Park, New York. Me and Mel racing through Central Park in our Morgans. Can you imagine doing that today? Anyway, we raced in the snow, and I remember skidding along the snow on purpose, cornering in a light snow. What a beautiful memory, huh? So now we speed the clock up way, way forward. I'm a very well-known talk show's best-selling author, older guy. And I get in the year, I think 2007 or 9, I do not remember. It's a Ferrari F430 red. car there's not much i can say about it other than it was a spectacular machine here i have one picture of it left and there's no date on this picture it's, i love these kodak pictures which have dates on them 
Well, already this has no date on it. The early ones, you know, were dated by the machine. But it's a Kodak prior to an iPhone camera. Car was new. There I am with holding Teddy, my little boy Teddy, who's now blind and deaf, and in the driveway with the dog. A car's man dog, right? That was a great car. There's not a lot of stories to tell. I drove it very, very, very quietly. I never really raced that car. I never did very much with it. I kept it like a garage queen. And then I have a Bentley Flying Spur, which I bought in 2016. Say, so now you're boasting. Now, I got to tell you about this car. Remember, I was a poor kid who grew up driving old Jaguars, trying to be English nobility. God knows why I'd want to be them. They're all degenerates anyway. But it, the Mark 9 was a, a copy of the old Bentleys, the old Jag, the Mark 9. So what they look like with the picnic tables and the wood and this, the leather. You get in it, you're like, you can get intoxicated by the leather and wood smell. So I finally bought a new Bentley Flying Spur 2016, which I will not sell. It's the finest driving machine I've ever owned in my life in terms of comfort. You do not feel the road. It's like flying on a cloud. And it's all around a great car. I went to look at a new one last year. Like I needed like a hole in the head. I'll be honest with you. It didn't ride as well as the 2016 wide. There was more steel in the cars even a few years ago than there are now. They've increased the amount of aluminum. It felt lighter. It didn't feel as solid on the road. And that's the end of that story. There's not much more to say about it, nor is there much more to say about cars other than I've always loved them. They've always been a big part of my life. I know all about climate change and the global warming, and they're all full of crap. And Bernie Sanders flies around in chartered jets, and he can, you know what? He can suck a tailpipe, as far as I'm concerned, these lying bums. After destroying us with COVID, now they want to destroy us with this bull crap about global warming. Global warming. Okay. Now, I know there was a heat wave recently up in the Northwest, which proves definitively nothing. Did you know that in 1875 or six or seven, it was so hot in the Central Valley of California that the corn stalks exploded from the heat? That was before Henry T. Ford. Have a nice day. I hope you've enjoyed Savage Cars right here on the Savage Podcast. And when I come back, I'm going to really depress you and talk about coffee and news of the day. Thanks for listening. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. So now that I've talked about Savage Cars, the cars of my life, and there, there were quite a few others which I've forgotten that Mrs. S. reminded me of last night. I guess I'll have to include them in another version of the Savage Cars. That's for another time. I want to talk now about the news of the day, news of the week. And I'm going to begin by going to michaelsavage.com. The Bernie Sanders wing of the Democrat Party, which is the Communist Party USA, under the guise of democratic socialists. Remember this. Karl Marx himself said, do not be fooled. There is no such thing as socialism. It's only communism. And socialism is the political arm of the communist revolution, meaning the first socialist, then communist. So now a group of these vermin, enemies of your way of life, enemies of everything you've worked for all your life, go to visit the mad dictator of Venezuela who has destroyed the nation, the once great nation of Venezuela, the bus driver, Maduro. Representatives of Bernie Sanders DSA, the largest socialist political organization in the United States met with Venezuelan dictator Nicolas Maduro. I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, if we do not need a sedition law put back in America. I ask you, ladies and gentlemen, if it's not time 
to restart the House of Un-American Activities Committee. It could never happen under Nancy Pelosi, but it's long overdue. And that's all I have to say about Bernie Sanders, the most evil man in the history of American politics, has poisoned the mind of a million people, most notably occasional cortex. Never referred to her as AOC to me. I do not give her the initials of a president. She is just a snail with hair. And now we go to michaelsavage.com for the next sequence of stories, and this is very troublesome. Three black kids beating up a white kid. A little boy, maybe 10 years old, kicking the hell out of him, kicking him in the head, smashing him with a bicycle. (laughs) Next one. A black woman at an airport goes crazy, leaps over the counter and grabs a box of something and takes it. Don't you dare. The next one, a black guy stabs someone randomly in New York City. So I publish these stories under the headline, Minority Crime Wave Spirals. I don't understand how you don't see what's going on. But the real question is, why is it going on? Well, the real question is answered simply because of uber-liberal communist Marxist vermin senators, governors, most notably big city mayors who have permitted district attorneys all put in power in these cities by George Soros. The most evil man in the world, in my opinion, is George Soros. I still do not understand how a Jewish Holocaust survivor could come to America, which saves him, and try to destroy America. I do not understand this kind of insanity. He funds these DAs, these radical DAs, like in San Francisco, the son of a terrorist, and they don't arrest anybody except for homophobia and racism. And so you have minority crime waves sweeping through these cities. But I ask a bigger question. On the way to the studio today, I listen to John Coltrane. I listen to black jazz all the time. Say, oh, you're really patronizing. That's all you listen to, black jazz. Listen to me. How is it that men who grow up poor, some of them the children of total poverty and enslavement, became such great, great musicians? How? How come they didn't beat everybody up, kill, shoot, stab, attack people in Burger King over over not enough sauce? How did they teach themselves to become such great musicians? How and why? And what's happened in America? That an entire generation of African-American boys and girls, for that matter, have become so violent so fast. Do you know the answer to this question? If you keep putting in the heads of people that they're victims, victims of an oppressive society, and then you paint the target on white boys and white men and white women and say that they're your oppressors, this is called trickle-down violence. Go ahead, steal it if you want. But uh, it's called trickle-down violence. Trickle-down violence It's a result of the brainwashing not only of critical race theory, which aims its guns only at white people, which is absolutely illegal and insane, in addition to being immoral and dangerous, this is why there is a minority crime wave sweeping the big cities, because of trickle-down violence. Also in the news, 
I couldn't believe this story. One of my people put it up on michaelsavage.com. More Biden weirdness kneels before Israeli president and chief of staff. I, you can't make this up. He got on his knees. He got on a knee and bowed down to the Israeli president and a woman chief of staff. If you don't see with your own eyes that the king has no brains, I can't help you. The man is senile. Is he really running the country? No, he is not running the country. So then the question becomes who is and what's going to happen soon. Look, when he was elected, I said he wouldn't last three months. It's been longer than three months. Everyone knows the next in line is Kamala Harris, which is why they have been marginalizing her. Why this leaking out to the news that she's failing on the border. She's failing at this. She's not doing her job because they're trying to push her aside so that Nancy Pelosi can become president. The only question is, how do they get rid of Kamala Harris? I'll leave that to your imagination. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Are you ready for more? There's so much more. Illegal alien from Egypt, a Muslim, an Arab, accused of stabbing a rabbi outside Jewish school. He was here on asylum from Egypt. They tried to deport him once for violence, but because of vermin, black robe vermin, the stench from the bench has made me clench for f- so many years. The filthy, dirty, degenerate left-wing judges. The stench from the bench is making me clench. Let's see what else is in the news for your listening displeasure on the Savage Nation today. Oh, boy, it's awful. I mean, it's, you know, it's a weekend we're supposed to enjoy ourselves. Nearly 100 shot across the country during holiday weekend. Several killed, including 14-year-old boy. That's because of the vermin who said defund the police. Crime is out of control. Police have been neutralized and they they won't put two and two together. 88 shootings in Chicago under that dimwit. Chicago Alderman on violent 4th of July weekend. This is a war zone. Crime surge across America. The psychopathic. uh, What's her name? I can't even read her name. Waters. Maxine Waters. Asks if the Declaration of Independence meant only white men. Here's a woman who ripped off as much as she could while she was on this uh, congressional banking committee. How does she get away with it? She's an untouchable. Bring back UAC. Bring back UAC. Quack, quack, bring back UAC. Are you ready? Yeah. I don't know if you're ready for the rest of the news, but let's go to now the next website, the New York Post. Let's see what they have. NHL goalie 24 dies from fireworks injury and freak July 4th accident. Sorry to hear about it, but I got to talk about fireworks for a minute. I live across the bay from Oakland, California. Every night for a month now, the vermin in the streets have been setting off fireworks, which skip across the bay, keeping everybody awake and the police can't stop them because of the death of one black criminal at the hands of one crazy cop. The city has lost its mind because they've lost their police. And so last night till two in the morning, it sounded like there was a war zone going on. Nobody will say one word if you're being called a name. I just said it. Fears arise that new COVID variant from Peru may be resistant to vaccines. And how might the variant from Peru get into America? Huh? 
How might the COVID variant from Peru get into America with open borders from the president who kneels before the Israeli president? So now let's go to the corrupt white men. Lupo allows retired NYPD chief to make $430,000 a year. I am so sick and tired of glorifying cops when I see a thing like this. Lupo allows retired NYPD chief Terrence Moynihan to make $430,000 a year. He's collecting both a city salary and a pension thanks to a legal loophole that allows him to collect both a pension and a taxpayer-funded salary. Can you believe this? Retired Chief of Department Terrence Moynihan started collecting his $188,000 annual pension on March 28th while also earning a $242,000 annual salary as Mayor de Blasio's new senior advisor, according to documents, oh my God, obtained during the Freedom of Information Law. You see, retired public employees who are under the age of 65 and are collecting a pension are required to file paperwork known as a 211 waiver, making the case for why they're uniquely qualified to collect an additional public salary. Well, as it is, it was sidestepped by Moynihan with the cooperation of the degenerate mayor of New York. On top of the dual income from this corrupt cop, the 60-year-old former cop is also owed a hefty payout for unused days off, estimated at nearly $300,000, according to a review of his payroll records obtained by the Post. Reached by the phone recently, Moynihan declined to comment to the New York Post. Are you listening to this? Are you listening to this? The 38-year police force veteran was appointed to the lucrative gig days before he was grilled by CCRB investigators over complaints of aggressive tactics used by cops during the George Floyd protest last summer. Blah, 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 blah. The whole country is broken down. Moynihan is the same cop who kneeled in solidarity with Black Lives Matter criminals last June as he begged for protests to remain peaceful. This is the piece of garbage collecting $430,000 a year. Terrence Moynihan kneeled to the Black Lives Matter street thugs. Are you listening to this? This is what's going on. So the corruption, it's called trickle-down corruption, trickle-down violence. Whatever you want to call it, it's all not good. If you're not sick enough, let's go to Breitbart News, my favorite website. Polls, Biden's support drops as crisis grow. Crime, illegal immigration, inflation. So now I speak to people who say, don't worry. I met three National Guardsmen the other day, and they said to me, we'll get even during the midterms. I said, not so sure. They stole the last election. They own the voting machines. They own the media. Don't be so sure that the million or so illegal aliens that they're bringing and even down to the child isn't going to vote in the next election. And they were stunned to believe I would say a thing like that. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Three quarters of Hill aides believe GOP will flip house. Mark it down today, July 5th, 2021. Michael Savage is not so sure the GOP will flip the house for a number of reasons, which I just explained to you. NPR backlash after trashing Declaration of Independence. I said to Trump, defund NPR. Trump did many good things and he missed out on a lot of good things. He made a lot of big mistakes. Trump's biggest mistake was moving too quickly on tax reform, mainly for corporations, and paying no attention to what was going on elsewhere. Unaccompanied migrant miners continue flooding into Texas. Mexican soldiers kill five gunmen at narco camp near Texas border. 
communist China triggered by July 4th, America is racist and selfish. This is a country that kills the dissidents. This is a country that takes kidneys out of people in their concentration camps. Ukraine inks infrastructure deal with China after Biden snubs Zelensky for Putin. Oh, please. Here's a, you know, here's an actress, Rosanna Arquette. She hasn't been hot for 50 years. Give up fireworks for well-being of Mother Earth. Go to hell. You know what happens to them once their uh, derriere collapses, don't you? I did it. I said it years ago. Once they lose their looks, you know what they become? More and more to the left. They smell like rotten fruit on a jungle floor, like guava on a jungle floor. That's what they are. Matthew McConaughey, this moron wants to run for the governor of Texas. July 4th message from Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey says America going through puberty. Let's admit that this last year's trip around the sun was also another head scratcher. Um, But let's also remember that we are babies. You know, as a country, we're basically going through puberty in comparison to um, other countries' timelines. Um, And we're going to go through growing pains. We are going through growing pains. This is not an excuse to say this. It's just a reality. I think he's still going through puberty. Okay. Israel offers aid to enemy Lebanon amid economic crisis. Afghan women take up arms against Taliban as army flees. We should have the women in this country take up something against the left. Turning us against this country like this? Teaching children to hate each other? Teaching everyone to hate white people? Only the mothers can save America. That was my last podcast. Are you listening? This is the Savage Nation podcast. Back in a minute. Home of borders, language, culture, the Savage Nation. Now that you've heard my Savage Cars today, and the horrible news of the day and the week. Time for a closing corny joke. It's called Three Contractors. Three contractors bid to fix a broken fence at the White House. One is from Chicago, another is from Kentucky, and the third is from New Orleans. All three go with a White House official to examine the fence. The New Orleans contractor takes out a tape measure and does some measuring, then works out some figures with a pencil. Well, he says, I figure the job will cost $9,000. That's 4000 for materials, 4000 for my crew, and 1000 profit for me. The Kentucky contractor also does some measuring and figuring then says, I can do this job for $7,000. That's $3,000 for materials, $3,000 for my crew, and $1,000 profit for me. The Chicago contractor does not measure or figure, but leans over to the White House official and says, in a whisper, $27,000. The official incredulous says, you didn't even measure like the other guys. How did you come up with such a high figure? The Chicago contractor whispers back, 10000 for me, 10000 for you, and we hired the guy from Kentucky to fix the fence. Done, replies the government official. And that, my friends, is how government contracts work. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Savage Nation podcast. And here comes the train. of you who have been requesting that we provide for you an ad-free podcast we're going to keep doing that and in addition to getting the ad-free podcast which many of you want for less than the price of a beer in a bar a month only $3.99 a month you're going to get an occasional monologue from me maybe I'll read from one of my novels you're going to get an archive piece going back to 1994 whatever comes up you're going to get 
on an occasional basis. And if you want to join, simply go to michaelsavage.com and click on the exclusive club link. It's that easy. You're going to get things you can't get anywhere else. And thanks for supporting the Michael Savage podcast.